This is Women of Grace Live, discussing issues important to your life and faith. Spiritual insight, practical wisdom. Join us as we transform the world one woman at a time. Women of Grace, for such a time as this. Now, here's your host, Johnette Williams. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Women of Grace Live. I am Johnette Williams. Very happy to be with you today on this beautiful day in the Lord. Every day that He gives us is a beautiful day in the Lord, and that should be the attitude of heart and mind and disposition of our soul as we wake up in the morning, filled with the love and the praise of God who brings all good things to us and those things that come to us by way of the brokenness of our world and our own machinations and the torments of the evil one. Why those things? God will work to the good. He is always about a work in our lives. Let's keep our eyes open wide for the blessings, right? For the blessings that sometimes, you know, come wrapped in the packaging that we would wish they weren't wrapped in, but nonetheless that are there for us. Uh, To that end, I'm going to share some quotes with you at the beginning of the program here that I think really helps for us to, uh, you know, persevere. Persevere in those moments when, you know, the brightness of God's love for us might be dimmed by the challenges that we're facing in the day. Uh, But before I do that, I I certainly do want to welcome you to our broadcast today and uh, to let you know that we're here for you Monday through Friday at the same time on this same station, discussing issues of importance to your life and your faith. Uh, I want to remind you that we always look forward to hearing from you here at Women of Grace, and there's ever so many ways uh, that you can join us. Uh, One, of course, is is through the phone number. Uh, That is our number that you call in uh, for our live show. It's 833-288-EWTN. That's 833-288-3986. That is the number for you to use uh, when we are taking your calls on the air. But after 4 o'clock p.m. in the afternoon, it becomes the listener comment line. It's that way over the weekend as well. Uh, during the weekend, of course, there, uh, you know, it's there for you, but it's there for you after 4 p.m. Monday through Friday. You can leave a comment for us on this listener comment line. We will address it in a program like we're going to be doing today. So on these days when we dip into that listener comment line barrel of good calls, <laughs> we don't take your calls live. So don't call in today because we're not going to be accepting them. Not that we don't want to. Uh, but we're going to uh, spend a little time going into some of these questions that have uh, gathered there uh, uh, via the listener comment line. And, uh, you know, you are studious and judicious about doing that. And we want to be just uh, as studious and judicious in answering those calls. So we're going to do that today. Uh, So you can use that after 4 p.m. Another way in which you can reach us, however, in addition to calling us on the air and in addition to leaving a message for us at our comment line, The other way is by emailing your questions to us or your comments or your insights or your inspirations. We receive them uh, right through this email address, at ewtn.com, womenofgrace at ewtn.com. So we'll receive your questions that way as well. Uh, Also too, uh, most typically, you know, when we're not dipping into our listener comment line, like we're doing today, we will receive your uh, insights, inspirations, and words of encouragement uh, comments right there at EWTN Radio's YouTube channel and Facebook page. And we always invite you to access that page. There's always something going on there. There's like a little community of people 
uh, listeners that have built up there, and they they kind of know each other. I think that they've got their own little thing going on on the side, you know, a little side hustle happening there. Uh, they're praying for each other and things of that nature, and it's a beautiful thing. We want to have those communities. We really do. It's one of the ways in which we make progress in the spiritual life. St. Teresa of Avila reminds us that, you know, we should always associate with friends who are walking the same path toward God that we're walking, but she encourages us to look for people who might be a little bit more spiritually mature or spiritually further on the road to union with God uh, because they have a tendency to lift us all up, you know, uh, and, and you can understand that, right? You know, I, I notice, uh, I, you know, in, in families that have a lot of children, the little ones that, that come along later seem to learn more quickly. Why? Because they follow the example of the older brothers and sisters, and we can only pray that that's a good example because they will follow it. Yes, they will. Uh, so, you know, we see how it is that, you know, within the natural dimension of our life as human beings, uh, we look up to those who are older than we are, a little bit more advanced. So in the spiritual life, it's the same way. So we want to surround ourselves with people like that. And of course, the best people are those that have already made it, right? That, that fought the good fight. They've gone the distance. They're experiencing life on high in Christ Jesus. We have a name for that group of people, and it's called saints. And that's one of the reasons why I want to read you some quotes today. Again, however, before we get to that, I do want to let you know uh, that uh, we've got all kinds of good things happening for you in this Lenten season. Uh, I want to make you aware of some things that are happening through Women of Grace. I want to make you aware of some things that are happening uh, through EWTN. You know, this is a very holy season. We're right here at the beginning of it, and we want to make certain that, you know, we we, we have a, a holy plan, that, that we're carving out for ourselves a holy way to move. And when I say carving out for ourselves, it's always best to carve it out after we've prayed to the Holy Spirit and ask the Holy Spirit to guide and direct us. And then we follow that plan. But then, you know, we've got to go about the business of making it happen. That's what I mean by carving it out. Uh, so we, we, we ought to make use of this beautiful liturgical season. It's a penitential season. Uh, it's a season when we align ourselves with the passion and death of our Lord Jesus Christ, anticipating his resurrection. Uh, it is the season where we are consciously aware of the great cost of our salvation, but at the same time, being very open and receptive to the redemptive grace that Jesus Christ wants us to know. This can be a time of transformation. It can be a time of great renewal. And it's beautiful the way in which it kind of um, bumps up against the natural seasons of the year, isn't it? I mean, we're at a period of time now where uh, winter, hopefully, praise God, is beginning to wane. I have to admit that Lent and, and Easter are a little early this year, but we're at a time of the year where a, a transition is about to happen if it's not happening already, and that's the time where the where the 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 the, the trappings um, of of winter begin to fall away, uh, where things come back to life again, right? Uh, where we begin to see a, a renewal, if you will, in, in in the natural environment around us. You know, I, I look at the grass that is is still currently brown, but I'm beginning to see some tinges of green poking through here in Alabama, right? It's it's a sign of new life. Well, you know, that beautifully describes the landscape of the soul and what can happen to us, uh, you know, during the Lenten season. You know, God wants for us to, to, to let go, uh, you know, of, of, the, of, the, of the barrenness of our soul, of, of the, that, that uh, place where uh, we have been robbed by the winters of life, of true zeal for him, true, true love of him, true recognition of him. And he wants for us more and more to be open and 
receptive to that redemptive grace that comes to us through the passion and death of his son, our Lord Jesus Christ, so that a new springtime uh, can be ours, right? So that the new life can begin to poke through the hardened soil of our heart uh, and begin to speak of a new dynamic going on in us and through us and with us. And so these resources that I'll talk with you a little bit about on the other side of our break here uh, that we have for you uh, through Women of Grace, as well as the ones that are available through for you through EWCNY, it's all meant uh, to be the stuff that you use, right? Uh, to cooperate with that grace so that this new life, you know, this renewal of heart and mind and spirit uh, can come about. About, uh, through the grace that Jesus Christ bought for us with his own body, with his own blood on that cross uh, on Calvary's Hill ever so many years ago. So anyway, more on the other side of this break. We're going to be getting to those calls too. Don't despair about that. We're going to get to those calls that were left for us right here on this special edition of Women of Grace Live. I'm Johnette Williams going to that break, coming right back. We're going to be right here for you. Stay tuned. Welcome back, friends. You're listening to Women of Grace Live. I'm Jeanette Williams. Very happy to be with you on this special edition of Women of Grace Live. Today, we're going to be dipping into the calls that you left for us on our listener comment line. I always like days like this. I really do. Uh, you know, I obviously love the days when I get to talk with you and interact with you on the air. But, you know, I like to get to these calls, too, because so many of you leave them for us. And I know that these are very important calls that uh, are tugging at people's hearts. And so uh, I like to take a day like this every once in a while today, you know, this week we've had two in a row where we can really begin to uh, get to these calls and kind of clean out that bag and, and be of service to those that have left those calls for us. But prior to the break, we were talking about the fact that here we are, we've just begun this Lenten season and we want to make this the best Lent we possibly can because God has abundant graces for us in it, right? Uh, and through it, uh, there's never a fallow time in our spiritual life. There never should be. Well, I'm going to just say there, there never really is, a, you know, a time where something isn't happening in us spiritually, we are either making progress toward God or we are regressing. You know, we're never to stand still. Uh, that, that's just not the way that it works. Uh, if, if we find ourselves at a standstill and we're lukewarm, that's not a place where nothing's happening. What's happening is that we're being vomited out of the mouth of God. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a harsh statement, I know. And it's, oh, John, don't say such a thing. But the fact of the matter is, I'm not saying it. Scripture is saying it. So, you know, there's never this, this place of, of, oh, what do I want to call it? A plateau and nothing's going on in the spiritual life. We're either moving forward or we're moving back. And if, and if, we're, if we think we're at a standstill, and still we're not, we're regressing, and we're also being vomited out of the mouth of God. We don't want that. So Lent is a time, uh, Holy Mother Church in her wisdom gives us this time of the year, obviously, uh, to focus our attention on the great gift of our salvation through the passion and death of our Lord Jesus Christ, but I think also to take stock of ourselves through the illumination and guidance of the Holy Spirit to see where am I in my commitment to the Lord? Where am I in my acceptance of this redemptive grace? To what extent am I opened wide? You know, to what extent am I saying, Lord, come in to my mess, to my muck, come into, you know, the, the, the debris of my being, you know, just come in, Lord, come in with your light, come in with your grace and sort it out, sort it out, Lord, 
have your way with me. Uh, you know, the Lord loves prayers like that. He really does. And let me tell you, he responds. I mean, he begins to show you and he shows you through the ways in which we can understand. I mean, he'll show you uh, through the through the situations and circumstances of life. You know, that very challenge that you're facing right now. Um, he's going to say, well, look, I'm trying to get your attention. Look over here. Look at what's going on over here. Now, let me give you my vision of what's happening in this time. And let me show you how it is that you can meet it with this particular virtue that I want to raise up in you. This is the way the Lord works in us. And it's fantastic. He also works through the guidance of other people always working that way. And uh, some of the beautiful features that we're going to offer you here this Lent on EWTN Radio will help for you, I think, to use this time to the best ultimate good. And, and that is is really, really to allow yourself to experience uh, the fullness of this, uh, this Lenten season, to experience the fullness of it in union with our Lord Jesus Christ. So here are some of the good things that, that we're offering you through EWTN Radio. Uh, Lent today with Father Father Benedict Rochelle. And I just got to tell you, Father Benedict Rochelle, what a blessing this man was in my life and continues to be because I believe that he prays for all of us here, whether he has made it to his eternal reward or whether he is in purgatory. One of his great fears uh, as as, uh, Father Benedict was approaching, of course, his elderly years, but also his time of infirmity when he knew that that his days in in this world were short, he was afraid that people wouldn't pray for him, that 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 they would automatically, people would automatically automatically think that he went straight to heaven. And his greatest fear was that nobody would be praying for his soul. And he was begging people to, to, to please pray for his soul and to tell others to do so. So in light of that, that's what I'm doing right now. Pray for him. But he, uh, I know, is praying for us as he would do if he was in heaven or that the holy souls and he as a holy soul would do uh, from his time of purgation. Uh, but uh, on Lent today, it's a series of programs that Father Benedict Groeschel uh, recorded prior to his death, obviously, and they are timeless messages. So it doesn't matter when they were recorded. The truth is the truth is the truth. It's immutable. It's never changing. And so that makes the truth timeless. So Father Benedict's uh, messages are timeless, and they're going to air uh, every each day. And maybe you've heard them already from Ash Wednesday through Easter Sunday. So I want to make you aware of that. You're going to want to consult the EWTN schedule. It's going to tell you when all of these things are happening. Also, uh, we have Lenten Reflections 2024. And this is is a series of Lenten reflections that are recorded at the Basilica of Our Lady of Walsingham in England, which is a really cool thing. And I know we've got listeners in England, so this is this is from your own country, the Basilica of Our Lady of Walsingham, England. And it's got these uh, beautiful Lenten reflections reflect on the spiritual richness of the Lenten season, some of which we were talking about prior to our break. So uh, it will help for you to uh, discover and, and to get in touch uh, with our. Lord, our God, who is rich in mercies. And yet this is a time that is really great for, for, for a deepening conversion experience. And you know, we're never done converting. I just want to tell you, I, we're not going to be done converting until we are perfected by God. Uh, it may take place in this life, uh, but you know, it will take place in the next. Um, or if it doesn't happen at all, that's a really bad thing because it means, ah, yikes, you haven't ended up where you wanted to go. Uh, and so this beautiful Lenten Reflections uh, from the Basilica of Our Lady of Walsingham in England will air on Sundays at 6 a.m., and at 11.30 p.m., those are both Eastern time, 6 a.m. and 11.30 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, so it's a beautiful, beautiful thing that we're offering you. So I, I promised you I wanted to get to a couple of quotes here that I think are very, very helpful for us, especially as we begin to make our way through uh, this beautiful Lenten season 
And there's a, a, a number of ways in which we can begin to, uh, you know, attune our eyes to the way in which God is acting, interacting with us, the way in which he's moving. I like that word so much better. The way in which he is moving in our life. And it requires of us uh, the, 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 the acquiring of a very particular virtue that can be very difficult to acquire. Uh, patience. And this is what St. Francis de Sales says. And we're going to be looking at St. Francis de Sales uh, here uh, as I go through some of these quotes. Uh, St. Francis de Sales says, Have patience with all things, but first with yourself. How about that? Bet you didn't expect to hear that. Have patience with all things, but first with yourself. He says, Never confuse your mistakes with your value. As a human being, you know, I just want to pause here for a minute because I feel very strongly in my heart that there is a person out there, actually, I think it's more than one person, who has been beating himself or herself up over mistakes that you've made. And you're equating your mistake with your value. And you are being very much played with by the temptation of the evil one to think that you're a mess and you're never going to be any better than a mess. St. Francis de Sales is speaking, I think, a word for your heart today. Have patience with all things, but first with yourself. Never confuse your mistakes with your value as a human being. You are perfectly valuable, says the saint, creative, a worthwhile person simply because you exist. And no amount of triumphs or tribulations can ever change that. Isn't that beautiful? Oh, my goodness. I think I needed to hear this quote today. Maybe you have, too. Maybe you have needed to hear it. Have patience with all things, but first with yourself. Never confuse your mistakes with your value as a human being. You are perfectly valuable, creative, worthwhile person simply because you exist. And no amount of triumphs or tribulations can ever change that. He says this in another quote, similarly related, what we need is a cup of understanding, a barrel of love, and an ocean of patience. In this Lenten season, wouldn't we do well to go to where it is that we find that cup of understanding, where we find that barrel of love, where we find an oceans of patience and may I add mercy and forgiveness? Let us go to the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. All of the riches of heaven are in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that cross is being offered to you today as an anchor to cling to, even as the winds of the world beat against you and try to sway you from the only place where your ultimate healing and hope can come, through the gift of Jesus his redemptive act on the cross. Stay the course, my friend, 
and know that God is with you. Well, here we are on this very special edition of Women of Grace, and we are not taking your calls today because we're going into uh, that bank of calls that have been left with us, for us rather uh, on our listener comment line. So let's get right out there right away. Rich Jesse, our producer, is putting them up for me, so go for it, Rich. My name is Christoph. I'm currently on a road trip from Los Angeles up to uh, Seattle, Washington. And uh, we're currently in hour 11, and I'm just curious, you know, we're, I'm currently in this very uh, foggy and hazy bit of the road, and, and for any young person, you know, that finds itself traversing such treacherous conditions, how does one find the light and, and work through the darkness to find themselves on not only a path, but the right path? So I just want your insight on that. Thank you very much. Christoph, thank you so very much for this call. And, and you know, I think that uh, your own situation in the moment that you placed this call is very descriptive uh, of, of not only you know, these moments in time where we seem to be in the fog, but how it is that we make our way through that time. Uh, we're all going to have these seasons in our life where things don't seem to add up or make sense, uh, where our own state of being seems to be out of sorts with, um, with all that is true, all that is good, all that is beautiful. Those moments in life where our own capacity to reason through can be fogged by the vicissitudes of life or by a current trial or problem or grief that we're suffering. And even our thoughts in and of themselves seem rather confusing and we're not really sure how to order them properly. But here is the thing. We have a rudder within the interiority of our being and that rudder is called our soul. And when our soul is on the right path, when our soul is firmly rooted in the things of God, then we are, just as you are on, uh, you know, Highway 11 there, uh, we, we are rooted on the path that is going to ultimately take us to our destination, whether there is fog on the road or whether there is clear sailing in a bright and sunny sky. And, and, and what you're doing now, uh, as you're driving there, you are making your way on that path. You are not letting the fog stop you. You are proceeding. I must say with caution, but you are proceeding. You are proceeding and you are being attentive to that which you are going through, but you are not allowing that which you are going through to delay your progress. One tenth of a mile after the other until it's a full mile and then five miles and 10 miles and 20 miles and 30 miles, whatever that distance may be, you are making your way there and you will come out on the other side of that fog and you will see your destination in the distance, but you will see yourself closer to it than you were when you were in the fog. And this is precisely what God wants to do in you, Christoph, and in each and every one of us when we hit those moments. Now, that fog was permitted to exist on that road by God, and so too, these moments of trial that we hit in our lives that bring a certain fogginess to our capacity to understand what God is doing, and even sometimes to uh, ferret out the way in which we should go. But by holding fast to that which we know is sure and true, the teachings of the church, the, command, uh, the Ten Commandments, uh, the, 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 the witness of the saints, um, our own uh, moments of, of, of trial in the past that we came through gloriously, 
uh, with, with an increased faith and love in God. When we hold on to those, it gives us the courage and the strength to persevere in the midst of that straw, uh, that fog and to make progress one tenth of a mile, interior mile, one tenth of a mile until it's a full mile and then five miles and 10 miles and 20 miles, 30 miles and the full distance of miles that it takes. So this is, there, there is a beacon, there is a beacon that shines interiorly within us that, that leads us and guides us and, and, and encourages us along that route of perseverance, of fortitude, of constancy, of courage. And that is a beautiful theological virtue of hope, of hope. And so we cling to hope just as surely as you cling to that steering wheel and have your foot on the gas pedal, you know, and uh, are, are, are peering through the window of, of your vehicle, attentive to, to what is there in front of you, but making your way nonetheless. You know, that virtue of hope provides us with the sight to be able to do exactly the same thing and go the full distance through this time of trial. So that is what I would advise you. I, I would use this very moment as, as God speaking to you as God showing you the path, God showing you the way, and leading you by the light of his Holy Spirit, coming to you by way of that virtue of hope to take you the full distance of whatever might be the spiritual fog that you might be going through at this moment. Uh, so I thank you for that, that, that call. I thank you for sharing you know, the, 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 the reality of your situation there on the road because it is a perfect and beautiful analogy um, in light of the question that you've asked. So God bless you and thank you for that. What, what a wonderful question. And, and doesn't that fit perfectly, friends, into the theme that we're talking about today, right? That beautiful theme of, of these uh, wonderful quotations given to us by a great saint. You know, um, he's encouraging us, isn't he? The saint is encouraging us and Christoph, whether he realized it or not, was encouraging us that, that we, we, we need to, to make it through. And we will make it through. Patience will help us to do that. Uh, and no matter how difficult it is to make it through, uh, and, and no matter what mistake we might have made to put us in the fog or, or not a mistake at all, but just one of those moments that happens, um, it is not a statement about our value as a human person, that we need to be patient with ourselves and we need a cup of understanding that comes to us from the cross of Christ. Uh, what the evil one will try to do in moments like this, however... What he'll try to do is he'll try to, to take advantage of the situation. And this is why we keep our eye on Jesus, right? We keep our eye on that path, that short and steady path that is our anchor. Uh, never taking our eyes off of it or diverting to the left or the right. The evil one will try to pull us out of it. Uh, and so here's another quote, I think, that um, St. Francis de Sales gives us that uh, might help for us to understand more clearly and, and gives us insight, too, on what to do. He says, do everything calmly and peacefully. Do as much as you can, as well as you can. Strive to see God in all things without exception and consent to his will joyously. Do everything for God uniting yourself to him in word and deed. Walk very simply with the cross of the Lord and be at peace with yourself. Oh my goodness. I'm telling you, I think heaven has written the script for today. <laughs> Certainly not me. What a wonderful opportunity to be with you. Coming right back after this break. Stay with us.
Welcome back, friends. You're listening to Women of Grace Live. I'm Johnette Williams, so happy to be with you today, eager to hear from you right here on Women of Grace Live, where we love to have that holy conversation with you. We're having holy conversation with you today, but not by way of receiving your calls. We're dipping into our listener comment uh, caller bag there, pulling out some calls that were left for us, and we uh, have the opportunity to address those. So that's what we're doing today. I am uh, going to dip right back into that bag and see if we've got another call for us. Uh, In the meantime, we've been interspersing some wonderful quotes given to us by a great saint, and that great saint is St. Francis de Sales. And <clears throat> excuse me, I am sitting here marveling um, at the uh, Holy Spirit who has been guiding us, I think, through our time today and weaving this program together for you. So I hope it's been meaningful to you. I'm, I'm sitting here reveling in it and thanking God for it and uh, growing with you uh, in, in, in my own uh, understanding of the ways of the Lord um, as we sit here together today. Uh, it's one of the great benefits of being able to do Catholic radio. I, I don't know how it is for everyone, but I think it's the same. And that is that we uh, obviously benefit as much uh, by the broadcast, hopefully, as you do. Uh, so it's been beautiful. We and, uh, went to the, the, uh, uh, the um, break there with this quote, which I thought was really, really wonderful in light of Christoph's question. Uh, you'll recall that he was traveling from uh, California to Seattle, and he was making his way on Highway 11 through a lot of fog. And he wanted to know, you know, how it was that when we're going through a time in our life that uh, it seems to be devoid of the light of God, and it's very dark. How do we make our way? And we were talking about the fact that there was a metaphor attached to his very circumstance there, really an analogy attached to it. And uh, he was sharing with us about that fog and all, and we all hit those moments of fogginess in our lives. And, you know, God permits those. Uh, he permits those for, for, for the very reason that we uh, might be able to make our way through them. We're not going to make our way through them without virtue. And he allows them so that the virtue in us can be strengthened. So he wants us to stay the course. Uh, and and St. Francis de Sales gives us some insight with this quote. And I went to the break with it. Do everything calmly and peacefully. Do as much as you can, as well as you can. Strive to see God in all things without exception and consent to his will joyously. Do everything for God, uniting yourself to him in word and deed. And then this, walk very simply with the cross of the Lord and be at peace with yourself. Here we are, we're in the Lenten season, and uh, we found out about some of the great offerings that EWTN Radio um, is giving to us in this Lenten season. I told you about the Lenten Reflections um, uh, that uh, come to us by way of the Basilica of Our Lady of Walsingham in England. They are going to be airing on Sundays at 6 a.m. and again at 11.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And I told you about Lent Today, a series of programs with Father Ben at Groeschel that will be airing all throughout each day from Ash Wednesday through Easter Sunday. Uh, we also have some things for you out there at Women of Grace. I want to take a minute and uh, talk with you about those before we go to the next call. Uh, we are going, it's, it's kind of like a trifecta. <laughs> We've got a trifecta of things going on for you uh, during our Lenten season. Uh, and it, it, it begins with um, uh, two uh, webinars, one on the 19th of February, one on the 27th. On February 19th, Father Jordi Rivero is going to be with us. Seasons of the Soul is what he'll be talking about. Uh, It's a kickoff webinar for a book study that will be led by Sue Brinkman on that very uh, book, Seasons of the Soul, written by Blessed Conchita. 
Uh, Father Jordi uh, Rivero is is an expert on on Conchita spirituality. He's going to be giving us the background of all of that uh, as we move into this book study. He is a wonderful man of God, and you are going to be thoroughly, thoroughly, I think, thrilled with what he shares with you. So I want you to come to that webinar. You can register right online at womenofgrace.com. On February 22nd, uh, 27th, rather, uh, a second webinar, uh, and this is with Father Chris Alar, and he is going to be diving into the divine mercy image. It's going to be a deep exploration. That is the theme. Dive into the divine mercy image, a deep exploration. He's going to be taking us very, uh, I think, profoundly into the image of divine mercy and sharing with us uh, some of the uh, beautiful realities of that image that are not often explained. You know, the overall message we get, uh, we know uh, what those rays of light symbolize in most cases, but there's much, much more that is there for us to discover. And he's going to help us discover it so that we can truly enter into the divine mercy that flows from the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, especially during this Lenten season. So we invite for you uh, to join us for that. And again, register right online there. Also, the beautiful book study on Seasons of the Soul uh, that Sue Brinkman will be taking people through uh, following that beautiful uh, webinar with Father Jordi Rivero is going to begin on March the 4th. So eager for all of that. Now, one final word before we get to the next caller, and that is that this weekend, yep, 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 tonight, actually, I am going to be speaking at Our Lady of Victory Catholic Church in State College, PA, eager for you to attend this beautiful time. Uh, Please it's not too late to sign up, I don't think. Uh, sign up and join us this evening at Our Lady of Victory at Catholic Church there in State College. It's going to begin at 6.30 p.m. with Stations of the Cross. I'll be speaking at 7 o'clock. The theme, Thriving as Catholics in a Post-Truth World. Uh, confession and Adoration will follow. What a wonderful opportunity. Saturday, same location, Our Lady of Victory Catholic Church. I'm going to be there presenting uh, a day for women, uh, 9 o'clock Mass, an optional mass, you can come or you don't have to come at that time, but why not come? Uh, mass is at 9 a.m., registration at 9.45, uh, breakfast at the same time, uh, welcome and introductions. And at 10.15, uh, my first talk, Who is Woman? Our special call and mission in a challenging world. Uh, there's going to be time for some discussion questions. We'll have a holy hour of Eucharistic adoration and recitation of the Holy Rosary at noon. Lunch at 1, at 1.45, my second talk, Executing the Mission. So we're going to talk about the call and mission in the first talk and how it is that we execute it in the second one, uh, Steps to Success, S-U-C-C-E-S-S, each one of those representing one of those steps. What a wonderful, wonderful time it's going to be. 2.45 p.m., uh, the talk ends. We'll have some discussion questions at 3.15, Q&A with me, and then at 4, well, off you're saying farewell. <laughs> so all of that being said, it's going to be a beautiful time there. You can still register, get out there to our website and take care of that. Now let's get to the next caller. Who do we have waiting for us there, Rich? My name is James in Westchester, Pennsylvania. I have a two-part question. One is, if I pray for the souls of those departed, are they aware of it? My second question is, does a soul from a departed have a commitment to time or know what time is about? Thank you. 
Uh, well, thank you very much, James, for your question. I love it because I love to talk about the holy souls. Uh, one of the great doctrines that we have in our faith is this beautiful, beautiful teaching uh, on the communion of saints. Uh, St. John the Twenty-Third makes a statement to this effect, and he says that our loved ones are not separated from us, only invisible to us. And what he is alluding here is to this reality of the communion of saints. So the communion of saints consists really, uh, if you will, of three categories of, of souls. Uh, the first, the souls that are, uh, are in heaven, and we call that the church triumphant. Then we have the souls that are that are suffering, and we call that, you know, uh, the, the um, uh, that, that is the holy souls, the church suffering. And then we have the church militant, and those are the souls that are still striving, still fighting that good fight on earth, waiting uh, for that eternal moment to begin for them. So these are the the, the three, you know, categories of, of uh, the communion of saints. And as you we well know, in the mystical body of Christ, you know, everything is united. So we are united with these holy souls. That means that our prayers for each other are efficacious. Now, the saints in heaven have already arrived. Uh, we know a whole bunch of those saints through those that have been canonized and officially recognized by the church, but there are jillions of them that we don't know. Uh, but those holy souls are there, and they can make intercession for us. And our loved ones may well be there. We don't know. But the fact of the matter is, because we don't know, we continue to pray for the souls that are suffering. Uh, we're praying for those souls that are in purgatory, those souls that uh, are being purified and made ready for the beatific vision. And so we pray for those souls. Now, your question is, do they know? Well, what we have uh, given to us by some of the theologians and, and some of the saints have said and uh, mystics is that if, if, if it, is, it is at God's good pleasure, basically, that a soul would know if we're praying for them. Uh, it, it is at God's good pleasure. So if it is beneficial for the soul to know that those prayers are coming forward for the soul, then God will make that apparent. Now, how he does that, I don't really know. Uh, you know, I'm not there, haven't been there. I've had no revelation to that effect, you know. No, no, uh, you know, kind of a personal experience in, in knowledge of that. But I do know, I do know uh, that that if it's beneficial for the soul, you know, God will let the soul know. I also know that there are... are uh, I, I'm going to use two words. You know, th there are there are uh, places in purgatory. Uh, I'm going to say degrees of purgatory uh, that that uh, y y depending upon uh, how much work needs to be done, how much purification has to take place, uh, the soul will pass through these various stages, degrees, places of purification in purgatory. Uh, so it may well be that at the deeper places where there's much work that needs to be done, the soul may not be aware. It might not be beneficial, or it might be that the soul is aware because they might need that encouragement uh, at that time. Uh, we also have it on, on, the, on, on the authority of some of the mystics uh, and some of the saints uh, that the souls in purgatory um, are often visited by our Blessed Lady. Uh, so what an encouragement that would be, right? Uh, such a beautiful thing. So, you know, do the souls know uh, that we're praying for them? That would be at God's good pleasure if it's necessary. Uh, you know, does the soul, you know, uh, recognize um, anything beyond that? I think that they know very well what's going on. 
you know, it's it, they are alert, they are conscious. Uh, so there is that, that consciousness is a part of the soul. It's part of the mechanism of of of, uh, of uh, that composite of, of of soul and body. But that consciousness remains. Uh, so. Uh, that would be my answer to your question. I'm afraid now at this point that I have forgotten the last part of the question. So, Rich, do you want to play it again? My name is James in Westchester, Pennsylvania. I have a two-part question. One is, if I pray for the souls of those departed, are they aware of it? My second question is, does a soul from a departed have a commitment to time or know what time is about? Thank you. Oh, okay. So, so that's very good. Well, <clears throat> remember this. The soul is in the eternal moment, basically, right? So the soul is outside of time and space. Uh, they are outside of time and space, just as the souls in, in heaven are outside of time and space. Everything is immediately present to them. And so uh, are they aware of time? I don't think that they're aware of time in the sense that we're aware of time. I think that they're aware of the eternal moment. Um, I think that they are aware, however, of what's happening in that uh, moment for them. I think they're very well aware of the purifying fires of of um, of purgatory, and again, you know, these are not uh, you know. Um, uh, corporeal types of fires are not things that are related to this world, natural fire. Uh, it's more the fire of desire for God and the pain that comes from being separated from him. Remember, the soul has already seen uh, the heavenlies, has already seen the face of God uh, and seen our Lord. And and now it, 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 it has to be removed from that. And, and, and as we see in scripture, and as scripture tells us, there's no greater, greater uh, uh, delight than beholding the face of God. Now they're deprived of that because of the purgation. So all of that being said, it's this longing. It's this longing uh, for the glory of God. It's this longing for the things of heaven, uh, this fire of desire uh, that, that is part of this purgative effect uh, for the soul. So the soul is quite well aware of that. I think that the soul is aware of the movement forward, just as we're aware of the movement forward in our spiritual life and growing close to God in this world. The soul is very well aware of its movement forward in purification and growing nearer and nearer uh, to, to ultimate union with God. So the soul is aware of that. Uh, so, you know, I don't know if it's gauged in the same way as we would look at time, uh, but, but the soul is not necessarily aware of time and space again, because it is outside of time and space in the eternal moment. It's a concept that's outrageously difficult for us to understand or comprehend with our poor little finite minds. But I can assure you of one thing, there will come a moment when, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of get it. We'll kind of get it. Uh, just not yet, maybe. All right, there we go. Thank you, James, for your question. It's a good one. Uh, you know, and I do want to recommend, friends, that you get to, um, I think it's paragraphs. Let me just check it. T 1030. Yeah, it's, uh, it's 1030 uh, through uh, 1032 that talks with us about purgatory, specifically in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Always referring you to the Catechism of the Catholic Church, because it certainly does uh, teach us about what the Church actually teaches. Not what we think she teaches, but teaches us what it is that she does teach. Let's get to our next caller. My name's Jim. I, I have a question for uh, you. Uh, I, I, my, my granddaughter was recently killed and in Georgia, and I want to know uh, exactly 
who took her? We don't know. It's an ongoing investigation. She was found on the highway. We need to know if she was murdered or if she was if she was taken by 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 a, a god or whatever or evil. We are we we are lost with without this answer. I want to know if if if, if God took her or the devil took her. Thank you. Oh my goodness, I, I, I just don't, really don't have words of consolation that are going to touch your heart and touch your soul. Uh, what a horrible situation um, faces you, what a terrible grief this is, what an awful grief this is. I remember, frankly, when um, my own son uh, was killed in a single vehicle accident and how happy I was to hear that no one else had lost his or her life in that moment and that there was no other vehicle involved and no one was injured. I remember saying to my late husband that only one thing could be worse than this, and that would be if our son's life had been taken by someone else. And that's the very suffering that you're experiencing and your whole family is experiencing. And along with that, the frustration of not really knowing the whole story. And we were talking about fog earlier, weren't we? And my goodness, this fog is almost one that is impossible to get your bearings in. And you can lose sight of the one thing that is necessary, and that is to cling to that cross with every fiber of your being. I think of all of the individuals who have lost children, uh, who have been stolen, probably into some kind of human trafficking situation, if not killed. And we wonder which is the worst of those two ends. I can imagine the absolute kind of, of, of interior suffering that goes on in that unknowing. And yet God has in some way entrusted this to you. Um, and he certainly wants you to know that he is there with you. And the investigation going on may release you from that unknowing, and yet it, it may not. And so while we look with hope to what it is that others are trying to determine for you, the place to keep our vision is really on God really on that cross. And to know that he's there with you. I have a quote I'll read you from St. Francis de Sales, but what I want to do first is to recommend that you read the story of Marietta Yeager. J-A-E-G-E-R. It might be double G, but I think it's a single G-E-R. Marietta Yeager's daughter was stolen from a tent when she and her family were camping in the mountains of Montana. This child was stolen, and the kidnapper tormented them by calling them, taunting them. He wanted money for the release of this child, and he insisted that the child was still alive. And he taunted them, for over a year, and he would hang up in those days, still connected by regular landlines. He would hang up just before the number could be traced. 
and the Jaeger family lived in this torment. But Marietta Jaeger, brave woman and holy woman, applied Catholic teaching and the teaching of sacred scripture to make her way through that time. I don't remember every step, but I'm going to share with you the steps that I do recall. And I have them in my book, Experience, Grace, and Abundance, 10 Strategies for Your Spiritual Life. And it's in the chapter on forgiveness. And what Marietta Yeager did is, first of all, she forbid anybody from saying anything evil or ugly about the person who was tormenting them, the very man who had stolen her daughter. The second thing is she mounted prayer for this person. She prayed for this person. She prayed for this person's soul. She prayed that this person would come to repentance. She prayed so intently and so strongly that when he called her one evening and she spoke with him, God's own love for this man filled her heart. And she reached out to him empathetically and said to him that she thought it must be so very difficult for him to be going through this time. And with those empathetic words that came from a place of God's own love speaking through her, this man began to cry. And in this crying and this exchange, they were able to trace the number, locate him, and arrest him. He was carried off to prison, and when his trial came forward, Marietta Yeager stood before the court and pleaded for his life, that he would not receive the life sentence, because she said it would be doing a disservice to the life of her daughter if his own life were taken as a result. He was imprisoned for life, and Marietta Yeager went and visited this man until this man, driven by his own despair, hung himself in his jail cell and took his own life. Marietta Yeager's testimony serves as witness, dear man, as to how you can make your way through this time and grow in grace in light of it, even in the midst of the horror and the fear that you're feeling. Cling to that cross as Marietta did. Cling to it and hold on to it for dear life. Francis de Sales says, Do not look forward to the changes and chances of this life in fear. Rather, look to them with full hope that as they arise, God, whose you are, will deliver you out of them. He is your keeper. He has kept you hitherto. Do you but hold fast to his dear hand, and he will lead you safely through all things. And when you cannot stand, he will bear you in his arms. Do not look forward to what may happen tomorrow. Our Father will either shield you from suffering or he will give you strength to bear it. Take those words to heart and hold on to them. And know that I'm praying for you. And so is everyone who is listening today. May God bless you. Friends, I thank you so very much for being with us. Uh, What a way to end a program. And there's a message in that for all of us regarding what it is that forgiveness can produce. God bless you now. Bye-bye.